Welcome back to the Cinema Condition with your host, filmmaker, and creator of the Nerdcore Podcast Network, Alejandro Mendoza. And as always, we are back for another week with another guest as we discuss another film on our journey through season two of the Cinema Condition. Last week, we had Kelvin Cataria come on to discuss Bernardo Bertolucci's last tango in Paris. And we are going ahead and having another new guest this week. Uh, this one was a choice that was made like a long, long time ago, I want to say. Uh, this person came on the show, on, on the Nerdcore live show. And then we, um, you know, said, hey, you want to come on to discuss a movie? Because I'm picking people for season two. And therefore, I ended up, what's it called, getting this person to come on. Which is going to be really interesting because this is the second time they've only ever been on a thing with me here. And this time they don't have, you know, their usual friend here. But um, yes, this week I'm being joined by the incredible Jovanka Medellin as we discuss Yon Sung Ho's Train to Busan. Hi, Jovanka. Hi. Um, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. That's great. Can't ask. Yeah. Can't ask, can't ask for anything, anything better. You know, we get to record. Um it's my last actual like free week before I start work, and um, I'm gonna have to start scheduling episodes on the weekend to record. But um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, you know, like and, well, yeah, yeah, it is. It is a it is a handful, and um, you know, uh, we want to thank our uh, patrons who are, are watching this the video version live. We have a patron in the chat watching this live. Thank you so much. We're not going to be able to interact with you as much as we can, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, our patrons are, are do get this video version so they can see the beautiful Villavanca and the beautiful Raul on their screens. Um, but yeah, most importantly though, how are you doing? Um, well, I have free time right now, so I'm just sleeping it off. That's all I do. Yeah. It's it's actually really fun not doing anything at all. Nice, nice. Yeah, I um I can definitely vouch for that. I what's it called? Uh love, love, love doing nothing, uh, absolutely nothing at all. And um, you know, that's um that's what's it called, um the best thing that can happen because you get time to relax and you get time to just goof off, right? Yeah, you know, just like moving on from hospital life to just actual life it really overwhelms one when you think that there it's not all about the hospital it's you know there's more to life than just being there 36 hours every fourth day you know yeah. so that's also nice that's a nice change not being in a hospital yeah i'm free of covid so you know that's that's great yeah that's that's good. Um, Yovanka, you want to let them know who you are and uh, introduce yourself to the people who may not know you because it's been a long time since you've been here. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hi. My name is Jovanka. I have a second name, which is Nefertiti. Um, that's an Egyptian name. Um, it's my favorite name, um, but everybody knows me by Jovanka. I am 23 years old. Um, I Like I said, I'm a med student. I'm currently going to start my seventh year. That's my final year, and I just need to do a couple of exams before I can call myself a doctor. Um, currently, I'm already a doctor. Um, and yeah, I just finished my sixth year, which is considered one of the worst ones. Um, it's just a full-on year of being in the hospital. Uh, you have like 80 sleepovers in a year. Um, so that's all actually like really fun. You see a lot of patients, you see a lot of people and you learn that a lot of things, you, you learn a lot of things. You, you learn everybody has issues, everybody has problems. Um, it just, it's, it's too much, but I feel like I've changed in the last year and definitely I don't think I'm the same person you met last year. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's well, you got a pretty cool hairdo today than you did last year. So, you know, the, what's it called? The short hair is freaking awesome. Looks great on you. Yeah, I've been wanting short hair. Um, 
because of the hospital, like everybody would be like, you're such a messy doctor. And they'd always, <laughs> they'd want me to have like a ponytail or whatever. And I hate my hair. <laughs> yeah. And it would just be the nurses, you know, that's, it's normal. And I decided to chop it off by myself. Um, so this haircut is provided by me. The color, um, I've been wanting blue hair, but I, I don't know if it's professional. So I decided, so I had some free time and I, I really like blue hair. It's really pretty. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully when you become the actual, an actual doctor, like, you know, doctor, I mean, I consider you a doctor, you're fucking delivering children. So, you know, I would, I would think that you're a doctor, right? But until you're like titled doctor, I would hope that they don't give a shit what the color of your hair is. I hope so too. That's like my dream. I want to finish medicine so I can have blue hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm glad that you're doing well, and I'm glad that you're able to come back. Oh, not come back. Well, come on, because um, I I like to always say that this is a different show than a lot of the other shows I do. You know, the the one you did, you one you came in was like really stupid. It was like really like you know having fun and like yeah joking around. This is a lot different. A lot more different. This is a this is a different environment than the one you've been, you know, shown. But um, yeah, actually, our friend in common, Michelle, she was like, "Do you know what you're gonna do?" And I was like, "Wasn't it like last time? Like, are we gonna do the same?" And you're like, "Oh, no. okay, well. <laughs> well, you'll see." I was like, "What?" Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, for for Yovanka and a lot of the people who are probably you're probably gonna show this to a lot of your friends, maybe hopefully, you know, you show it to your friends. I'll go ahead and reiterate. The Cinema Condition is a podcast devoted to discussing the the what the movie is trying to say specifically. You know, what is being said by the movie and what we see in the movie. We don't really care here about whether we like the movie or not. Of course, you are kind of inclined to choose movies you like because you're are you like it's human nature. Like, are you gonna really want to come on for an hour to talk about something you don't like? But uh, at least when it comes to me. Um, it doesn't matter whether I like the movie or not. I believe a lot of movies have a lot to say. So this podcast is really devoted to discussing what the movies has to say. And of course, don't worry, spoiler alert. I fucking love this movie. This was my second time watching this movie and this movie never, ever, ever gets old. It never stops delivering. This movie is freaking awesome. I kind of refuse to watch the whole like sequel, you know, because it's not really a sequel. It's kind of like, another story within that universe of the movies but like i'm i'm kind of like i kind of refuse to watch it like i don't want it to like somewhat like de destroy the magic of this one but um i don't know it's just that's that's just me like i said last time i do love everything zombie related so mm -hmm. it's not my second time watching it and i'm not ashamed to say it's not my third fourth fifth and so on like I've watched it a lot of times. Yeah. Like it's my comfort movie, one of my comfort movies. Yeah. Um, so any zombie related movie, I, I do try to watch it more than one time. I do like the performance actors can make trying to be zombies. That's so interesting. And yeah. I was thinking like, what is my favorite zombie representation? And I don't know. I do believe everybody has a unique way of representing it. You know, it's just yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, Joanne is a big fan of zombies, zombie movies, and everything. You know, that's why her handle is Zombies Attack Us. And yeah, <clears throat> with that said, though, um, you know, today we're discussing this movie. It's made by Yon Sang Ho, and we have never actually discussed Yon Sang Ho here on the podcast. So I have to introduce them to this filmmaker. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get into this. Uh, let me go ahead and get comfortable here, and let me fix my posture. Let me introduce you all to the filmmaker known as. Yon Sang Ho. Born in 1978 in Seoul, South Korea, which, by the way, y'all, we do not know his actual birth date. We only know that he was born in 1978. Funny enough, I looked on Wikipedia. I was like, wait, what, where's this guy's birthday? Like, when, when did he was born? Like, it only says 1978. They're like, he might be 42 or 43. I don't know what's going on there. That's funny, though. I, I find that hilarious that we don't actually know what's it called, how old this man is. Um, he is a Korean film director and screenwriter. He attended and graduated from some uh, young uh, university with a degree in Western painting. He directed his first animated short film in 1997, 
excuse me, um, followed by two other shorts in 2000 and 2003. He set up his own production house in 2004 called Studio Data Show. His new his uh, next shorts would reach international film festivals, and he made his directorial debut, his feature directorial debut in the 2011 animated short film, the the King of Pigs. He was inspired by the works of Japanese author Satoshi Kon and manga artist Bimoto Furuya. So you all will know the name of Satoshi Kon come season three because Michelle did choose Perfect Blue on the end at the end of our first episode for season two for season two and uh if you don't know satoshi khan i recommend you all really get to learn his work because his work is incredible um the film became the first ever korean film to be invited to the khan film festival in 2012 his next work would be is an animated short that is based around his mandatory film service and in his second feature film the fake uh, in his second feature film is the fake in 2013, continuing his themes of tackling social issues within his movies. He would then step into the zombie genre in 2015 with his animated film Soul Station, which is supposedly a prequel in this universe of movies. I believe, like, I read that. I was like, okay, I don't know much about how that works. Uh, Soul Station, um, what's it called, looks at the democratization of Korea. And then, of course, he made his first live-action film in 2016 called Train to Busan, along with Psychokinesis in 2018, which is his superhero movie. And then, of course, his 2020 uh, quote-unquote sequel, Peninsula. And since then, he's uh, right now he's working on uh, writing a other film. He's not directing it, but, you know, he's still working on something right now. But um, that is the filmmaker, Yon Sang-ho. And, uh, of course, we're discussing his 2016 film, Train to Busan. Um, Train to Busan premiered at the midnight screenings of the Cannes Film Festival in 2016 at the director's Fortnite, uh, Fortnite uh, screening. It broke the record of the first Korean film to reach 10 million moviegoers. And, of course, a standalone sequel, serving as another story in the same universe, was released last summer. Um, so, um, Jovanka, before we actually get into, like, the movie and everything, we discussed the movie, what, what, um, why did you choose this one? Specifically, why did you choose this movie? I don't know, there's just, like, <laughs> I feel like it was maybe, like, a special year or something, and I just, maybe it was, like, fresh for me or whatever, um, even though it was 2016, I think you probably ended up watching it like 2017, maybe. Um, I just, I really adored it. I, I didn't expect Koreans could really go that way with zombies. And I do believe they did well because there was, I don't know if you've heard about a series on Netflix called Kingdom. It came out in 2020. And they, the zombies are kind of similar so i do feel like korea encouraged more of that kind of gore into their mm -hmm. lives even though they love being beautiful and pretty and elegant and i i just it was a different thing and gong yu you know he is an actor that he was in one of the first k dramas i've ever watched and he was just so cute and beautiful and I couldn't I couldn't believe I could see him that way, you know, it was just different. Mm -hmm. And actually around the same time this movie came out, he was working one of the best K dramas, which was Goblin. Yeah. You know, it, it fun fact, the movie makes a cameo in the K drama. It's amazing. It just <laughs> watching him react, he he's like scared throughout that scene. He just jumps every time the actor is like in danger. And it's so funny because it's, he's it's reacting, he's reacting to himself. And I just I love that. Yeah. Um every time I rewatch this, every time I so when I first watched this movie, um I was like, oh yeah, I'm like this is amazing, like I really love it. But it wasn't even Gong Yu who stood out to me. Um I freaking I loved my young sec. God damn. I loved him first. Like 
just first of all, like let's, uh, when I when I approached this movie, it was because I saw that um that he was going to be in Marvel's Eternals, and I was like, who's this guy, man? Like he's got this, like he's got a really like nice figure. He's built like a fucking superhero. I'm like, I want to see what's up. I watched this movie and I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen when he was there. Like he was just. He was like not just you know the you know the what's it called the muscle in there, but like he was also like this really sweet character who like loves his wife and he like makes sure wants to make sure that you know going use a, a kid is okay, but like I just I was like dude he does so well and then you know I didn't know until I watched it this time, um, Ke Kevin from Parasite is in this movie. Um. Uh. What's uh, we'll see. We'll see Jake. Um. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. yeah. I a young a young. What's it called? Uh. What's it called? He, he's he's younger in this one. Of course, he doesn't look as like skinny as the other as he did in Parasite. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I whoa! Totally forgot he was in Parasite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's the son. He's the one who like what's it called? The orchestrates everything. And uh, I was I was just so surprised when I saw that. I was like. Dude, I feel like I I was like, dude, I feel like I know who this is. And uh I just kept thinking, like, where have I fucking seen him? And then I go into like his IMDB, I'm like, Parasite. Yeah. It was fucking Parasite. But um, yeah, I ah man, I, I love I love that guy. Yeah, Wusik Choi is his name. Uh, but yeah, I was I I just every single time I watch this movie, Madong Sek is is the one. He's 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 the one who stands out to me. Did you think it was Madong Sek that I was going to say? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I heard, like, you know, Gong Yu top, right? And I heard, like, Korea, like, raved over him. The United States raved over him. Everybody loved his character. And, you know, and it's, you know it's, it's true. It's true. He's, like, the best character. Um, there's at least, like, five K-drama actors there. And that's, I think that's also why I love the movie. You know, it's, like, it's not romantic. I just... I'm so excited. I'm finally not, you know, drooling over something romantic. I'm actually drooling over zombies and, you know, just like a whole other story. So I was really excited, you know, like, they're not kissing. I don't know. You know, yeah, I would have liked to see some zombies kissing. Come on. Yo, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, uh, I love every, everybody. Like, I feel like everybody did such a good job. I just, I don't know. I just want to hug them all. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, of course, Madong Sek is now going as Don Lee in the United States. He's going to be uh, premiering in uh, in the Eternals, the Marvel's The Eternals. And God, I just I'm, I said it already. I'm you know if 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 Don Lee does not blow up after this movie, I am going to riot. I am going to riot. I I, I will. This man like has like literally the build, the look of being the next big action star here in the United States. And uh, yeah, well. With that said, let's go ahead and get into our conversation on uh, Sung Yun Ho's, uh, Yun Sung Ho's uh, Train to Busan. All right, so of course this is a zombie film, you know. It it it. But what the very the very thing that's very interesting about this this movie is that we pretty much are just like confined to one single location for most of the movie, you know. We we have like we have you know his office where he works at. Then we have shot shots inside the house. What's it that we that we that we have in there? And then of course at the end we have you know that train station they're at, and then you know the they're crossing into Busan. So you know other than that, like we only have pretty much like five locations in this whole movie. And we're pretty much confined to just the train for like a really, really long time for this movie. I found it really interesting how they pretty much shot this. Like they did have a train, but like other parts of it was like, you know, CGI, but they were, you know, had pretty much cameras outside and everything was, and it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I, I, I found it really interesting how they pretty much shot this. Um, but I thought it was, you know, I have never seen, you know, of course, like we have like zombie films, like, of course, like World War Z, Night of the Living Dead. Um, 
Army of the Dead just came out, you know, on Netflix, you know, whether you whether you liked it or not. I know I sure didn't like it, but, you know, what's it called? Uh, there's, there's movies like that. And then, you know, but not all of them are just confined to like a single space like this movie. What did you think about that? Like just the whole idea of like literally being only like the big breakout is happening in the train. I actually don't mind it. You know, like I'm... Mm. I just got into the movie and it says like train to Busan. And I'm like, sure. Like if you want to sell me a train, I'll buy it. And I did buy it. You know, like it was, I feel like it does have different kinds of people in it, each little, you know, what is it? Like wagon, whatever. And for example, where there's only the baseball team, like it just mm -hmm. gives off a, a whole different vibe, you know, like each place they had to go through, it had either less people, more people, the baseball team. And, you know, I did like that little um, mix of different like clothing. You you didn't feel like it, re it was all on repeat, you know, like mm -hmm. it was different. That's why I don't I don't feel bothered by it. And I also really like the whole little bathroom breaks, you know, like they would hide in the bathroom, <laughs> like even though you know, that happened a lot. I didn't get bored. I, it was just like, you, you know, like a new bathroom, like what's, yeah. what's here. And yeah. they, they actually had like different conversations. I don't know. I just, I liked that it wasn't, I, I didn't see it the same, you know, like, and they did have that little break when they're at the station where they find the whole other bunch of new zombies that are, are soldiers. Like I, that was like a little stop, you know, like a, to refresh in your site. Yeah. I felt like okay, I took a break. Um, we can go back on the train. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I I love the whole like you know like because not a lot of zombie movies kind of like to bend the rules per se. You know, um, this one they had like some stuff that were really interesting. Like unless they see you, they're not like unless they see you, they're not going to come at you. But they also had the they're not really cognitive as much as you think because they don't even know how to open the door of course as they evolve they learn how to open the doors and they learn how to break doors uh, windows and stuff uh but also the most important the most important one the one that was most interesting to me that they literally are can they can't be mobile when it's dark and uh usually like you know when, when you think about like most of these zombie movies like night of the living dead you know yeah, yeah. Not nothing, you know. The rules aren't kind of bent like like they they bend them in this one, and I thought it was really interesting that uh, because it makes things a little bit more chaotic in a sense, and it brings in a little bit more tension. So, you know, that's something that I commend this movie so much because they like to play around with the rules a little bit and not make it like a straight up just zombie movie because that would be boring. To be fair. Yeah, I feel like it mixes a lot of emotions. It actually makes you angry. Um, remember that businessman? Um, oh, yeah. Fuck being, that guy. You know, just being so selfish. Um, also, the tunnel breaks. I, I love that part because um, there's this part where they say you have two minutes for the next tunnel break. You know, you have to mm -hmm. go from wagon to wagon in two minutes. And I was thinking, could I make it in two minutes? Could I move an old woman? Can I move a pregnant woman? Can I move an old woman uh, yet again? Um, you know, a child and whatever. And could you do it in two minutes? Like, Hell no. Hell no, I can't do that in two minutes. First of all, I don't know how that pregnant woman was even running. Like, let's, I want to, I want to bring that up. Like, she looked like she was pretty much like, you know, close to. <laughs> Close to or not about to burst. Like, you know, she looked like she was like a month seven, let's say. At yeah, that point. By the end, she yeah. looked like month six. Yeah. But yeah. But damn, was she able to, you know, that's just, that's just the move, a movie being a movie. Let's be real. You know, that, that's, yeah. you know, you pull yourself out of the realism of the movie sometimes. I was just like, nowhere in this, in this that I ever believe like, yo, can you really do this in two minutes? Because like, it's a child it's a pregnant woman it's an older woman and um but i do love like you say like the way that the train is kind of built right you know how we have you know the baseball team we have you know just regular people like working people you have people who are like what's it called um 
you have like nicer dressed people who are obviously a little bit more like you want to say middle like middle uh lower middle class or upper middle class and then of course you get the businessman who's like probably the most stuck up one who's able to kind of manipulate the people into like you know turning their backs on each other and um you know and then of course like in the bathroom you have this like pretty much like homeless man who you know seems to be the most pure-hearted out of all of them to be fair you know him and uh don lee but um yeah i just you know i love that the way that the train is kind of set up and the way that we kind of navigate our characters within the train yeah, yeah. i feel like everybody gets the correct amount of attention i don't feel like anybody lacked story or lacked yeah. you know like camera time or whatever i feel yeah. like everybody was there yeah yeah, because I mean, at, at like at first glance, you would think, oh, we're gonna concentrate on on Gong Yu's, you know, arc throughout this whole. But like, you know, it's not even just about Gong Yu because you know, it's it's about Madong Sex, you know, character and his like journey up to like really showing off like the father that he was going to be, or also just um, you know, the little girl's journey into like becoming more compassionate as well and showing that like you know that that she's not anywhere near being her father. She's, she's different from her father. And, um, you know, it's just, and, and of course, like the, you know, the, the guy from the baseball team, like you have like all these arcs, like, of course our main central plot is revolving around Gong Yu, but we're still looking at pretty much like this whole idea of like a family dynamic here. You, you have, of course. Yeah. Cause you have Gong Yu and his daughter, you have Manong Sek and his wife and his eventual child. And then you have the baseball team that is kind of a little, you know, family as well. And and um, you kind of look at how different each, you know, kind of family dynamic is. The and uh, the, the sisters too, the older women, you know. Yeah, the sisters and how much, you know, all of them seem to care for each other more. And kind of like Gong Yu's character seems to be revolved around these people who kind of understand being a family more than him. Yeah. Anything to say about yeah, that? his evolution you know like mm. i i like from the beginning everybody like they're amazing people and they are you know compassionate people they could actually do something for somebody else and gongyu would never and what mm. i did like was that at the end you know he would put the pregnant women first like anything he would do if you you pay attention he would like grab his daughter and then grab her and then he'd go and then he'd go for like anything else mm -hmm. i did like that you know like somebody who doesn't care about anybody and even at the beginning i feel like he didn't like precisely love his mom like one would believe um yeah. the way he was like talking at her it would just be kind of cold like stop annoying me and yeah. at the end, he would actually change the way he would talk to anybody. It didn't really matter, you know? And I, I yeah. like that, too. Yeah, I mean, more more so like this kind of, like, kind of like individual individualistic kind of approach to it, you know? He he kept telling his daughter, like, you don't got to, you don't have to do that. Like, in these type of situations, only you have to worry, you need to worry about you. And it's like, nah, dude, like, we're a community here. Like, if if you if you want to go ahead and what's it called to go for yourself, you can end up like the business guy ended up, you know, all mauled and yeah, you know. But he, you know, you have to think about everybody because, you know, you're not the only one in here with a child and a family. And I feel like um, everybody learned something. Also, the homeless man, you could see that he acted because he was you know, scared of the whole situation. And at the end, him sacrificing himself for like yeah. other people, that was, he, he was scared even till the, till the end, but he yeah. managed. And that's something, you know, I really liked also. Everybody just grew up so much. Even the little girl, she was like, I do love my dad. I'm so sorry. And, yeah. you know, everybody changed. That was, that was nice. Yeah. Well, like you said, everybody seems to have an evolution here, you know, and of course, you know, what's it called? Gong Yu's character is one of the big ones because, you know, he, of course, does the, you know, the sacrifice to make sure that her, that her, that his daughter, you know, keeps, keeps living and he gets bit. But, um, you know, like you said, even the homeless guy, like, you know, he was scared. But up until the end, he's like, he wants to save the child because the child cares for him a lot. And, um, you know, 
it sucks. Like shit ton of people you care about in this movie can die. Like a lot of people that you like get attached to who you're like, Oh man, like I really just want these like little old ladies to, you know, to just get home. Like I don't want anything to happen to them. And guess what? They, they, they die too. They but I did like the feisty sister, you know, that, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but God, that business guy always makes pisses because he's like, he's the epitome of that selfish, you know, like higher class asshole who thinks that he's, his world is better. Is, is His world is the top. Like he needs the, what's it called? Make sure he gets home. Of course he's scared, but like, you know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a fucking asshole, man. He's going around it the wrong way. He's like pitting everybody against each other, you know, what's it called? And then he like turns his back on everybody who, you know, he kind of manipulated into like turning against each other. And um, yeah, he's, he's such an, he's such an ass, man. I hate that guy. You could also see, you know, like Gong Yu's character, he could have been that guy, you know, like maybe yeah. a couple of years more and he could have been that guy. Maybe even at a certain point, watching him helps him, you know, like, no, I don't want to be that guy. Like, he's mm -hmm. an asshole and I would never. And, you know, I go, maybe he was there to make Gong Yu a better character. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, because they, um, you know. I believe when Madong Sex character, like, what's it called? Asked the daughter, like, what does your dad do? And he's like, oh, he's like an analyst. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's a leech and stuff. And, like, yeah. and, and, um, you know, and throughout the whole movie, this guy is connected to his phone to see what's going on. Like, he's talking to his analyst. And it's like, instead of like, you know, paying attention to his damn daughter who's there, you know, up until like the really the meat and the bones of it all, you know, happens. I like, sorry, I do like um, that aspect of it because, you know, um, Especially, well, not only Korea, but a lot of places um, ask of you, especially if you're like an office worker, um, that you that you're always like stuck to your phone. So that was like a good like bonus little thing. Um, <laughs> even though the world is burning, he needs to work. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I have to be connected to my work. And yeah. like you said, also another thing I really liked was that you didn't just live in the present of the whole situation you know you could also see what was happening throughout korea you know by the news oh yeah i thought that was also nice yeah yeah the, the way they kind of incorporate like the whole press conference from like the president and the way the president's like you know saying like no everything's gonna be okay guys just like stay home like you know try to like stay safe and it's like dude you have like cities of zombies like turning and like while he's giving a press conference like something blows up with that shot of the city and it's like dude like i know you're trying to keep them safe but like you know this is kind of the time you kind of get people like on edge so that way they can survive because like you know the worst of the worst is kind of happening man <laughs> yeah i i really like that not pop i Love it, love it, love it. I if I were in that situation, I of course I would love to know how outside is working, you know. Yeah. Yep. God, I man, I. It. Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to end up being stuck on a on a train where there's like a shit ton of zombies in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into break, and when we come back, we're gonna go ahead and continue our conversation on Train to Busan. But in the meantime, y'all, um. Let me find my mouse first. Wow, uh, it's right here. So um, in the meantime, y'all, go ahead and uh, listen to these words from our sister shows from the Nerdcore Podcast Network, and we'll be back after these short words. All right, see you then. Hey, I'm Raulan Andrew Mendoza, and this is... Jabril Newton. And we are the hosts of High Flyer Radio. Radio. And finally, pro wrestling has come back to the Nerdcore Podcast feed in the form of a show hosted by Jabril and I. And we talk about everything and anything in the pro wrestling world on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Nothing's off limits. Whatever you guys want to talk about. It is from AEW to SmackDown to Raw to NXT. Nothing's off the table. We can talk about it. We're going to talk all about it. And if you can get it a day early, you should go to the www.patreon.com slash the nerdcore and pledge to the tiers on there. So you can get this show and a lot of shows days early before anybody else gets to hear it. But... Enough talking about it. We'll go ahead and see you there at the Squared Circle. Oh, yeah. Don't tap out. Tune in. Tune in.
Hello, 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 guys and gals, and you're listening to The Ladies of Nerdcore. I am your host, Daniela Nunez, and along with my amazing co-host, Ashley Garcia, we discuss many things like social impact, pop culture, political realms, and any controversy surrounding the nerdverse. Tune in and listen to us bi-weekly on the Nerdcore podcast feed, and we will love to chat and hear your thoughts on our wonderful show. And thank you again for listening to The Ladies of Nerdcore. Hey, everyone. My name is Raul. And I am the host of The Impaired Files. The Impaired Files is an interview show brought to you every Thursday on the Nerdcore podcast feed. And I interview people such as filmmakers, content creators on YouTube, and podcasters like Colton Geschwander. And if you want to listen to that early, a whole week early, all you got to do is go to the Patreon and pledge to the $1 tier. And if you want to listen to it with the general public, then go to Nerdcore podcast feed on anchor.fm slash the nerdcore. And the case is close, but it's not classified. See you guys there. Hey, it's Ashley from the Gamercore. You may remember me from such episodes as Big Screen Mess, Mo Money Mo Platforms, and Brad Can Read. Tune in weekly as I blab with my co-hosts Raul the Nerdy Chicano and Brad the Random Germ about the latest news in gaming and gush over what we're playing at the moment. Oh yeah, and we got the deals too. Keep up with the latest deals in gaming and what's happening as I mediate Brad and Raul fighting like a married couple. Will Death Stranding ever come out? Will Cyberpunk 2077 live up to the hype? Is a next-gen worth a $500 console price tag? And has there ever been a movie adaptation of a video game that's been done right? It's all on the GamerCore podcast, everywhere where podcasts are. Hey guys, this is Brad, a.k.a. Young Yoda. Raul said I had to make an ad, so that's what I'm doing. Um, it's supposed to be for Unstructured, but as you guys know, you can freaking catch me everywhere when it comes to this podcast feed. You can find me on the Nerd Cores, on Gamer Cores, on Nerdy Chicanos sometimes when I get lost. Uh, I mean, but for this particular one, I want you guys to go check out Unstructured. The Raul gave me free reign to do whatever I want to do. I don't know what he was thinking. So go hear me talk about LeBron James and Taco Tuesday, vaping, uh, so many other freaking weird topics that uh, chimichangas, that's a good one. Uh, shout out to Deadpool. And yeah, I, I guess this is the end of the ad. So if you guys want to find me, you can find me all over the place on this uh, podcast feed. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I love you all. And nerd up. Everyone, I'm Raul. And I'm Brad. And we're the hosts of the Nerd Corp Podcast, the podcast that talks that nerd. Not on this ad, right? And we come to you every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday. On the Mondays, we talk the news. That's the box office, the news of the week, and your trailer talk, if there is any. And on Tuesday, we have our theme review. And on Saturday, you have a Saturday morning review, usually movies that have come out in the week or anything we want to talk about. Right, Brad? Exactly. Whatever we want to talk about, this is our show. If you don't like it, then you don't have to listen. We're the flagship show of the Nerdcore podcast feed, and we can be found everywhere you can listen to podcasts like Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. So if you want to talk that nerd stuff with us every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday, make sure you tune in. And Brad? Young Yoda out. Welcome back to the Cinema Condition. We are here right back after the break. And uh, thank you all so much for sticking sticking throughout the break. If you're still here with us, we want to thank you all so much for that. As always, you know what you have to do to support the shows on those ads. You know, you go over to anchor.fm slash the nerdcore to listen to it. And you can also go to listen to this show on the anchor.fm slash the cinema condition. That's where you're listening to this. Hopefully, right? If you're not listening to it on here. What's it called? If you're not listening to it on the Cinema Condition feed, where the hell did you get this episode? Because it's not available anywhere else. Um, of course, like I said in the beginning, you know, this episode is available to you in a video format if you are a Patreon, uh, you are a patron of the Nerdcore at patreon.com slash nerdcore. You get the video version, but you also get this episode a week free, a week early before it releases to anybody else in the public. So for exclusives and stuff like that, you can go over to patreon.com slash nerdcore for things like that. Come on. You, who doesn't want to see what I look like today or who Yovanka actually is? Because, you know, it's called you, you're, you're curious. It's just a dollar. A dollar gets you into the door. 
So go ahead and do that. Um, and of course, go over to the Apple Podcast feed and leave a five-star review, not just for this feed, but Nerdcore Podcast feed as well. So please. And with that said, let's go ahead and get back into our conversation on Yo Senghos Train to Busan. All right. So um, let's get back into this. Um, I have a couple of things that I, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, we, we kind of discussed the whole like family dynamics of the, of the you know, the, of, of the train, of the people on the train, you know, kind of the, indiv- you know, the, the individualistic like kind of idea that, that starts at first and then it kind of stops because, you know, what's it called? Gung Yu's character learns to not be an asshole uh, and kind of listen to what other people are saying. Um, of course, you know, the, there's a little bit of like a little bit of a class structure here. You know, it's, it's interesting how like, you know, you have, you know, pretty much like more working class people towards like the back of the train. As you keep going, you kind of get more people who are like nicely dressed, who, you know, are are obviously more higher class. And of course you have the homeless man who's kind of just kind of just chills in the bathroom, kind of this like outlier who is like, you know, it's kind of hard to put him into a category because he's kind of not in a category, you know, per se in the, in the social, uh, social class ladder. Um, and you know, of course we, we kind of reached to the, to the top of the, to, to the front of the, tr- front of the, um, front of the, the train. And we have, you know, our businessman who's obviously, you know, very well off and, you know, he's the one who what's got kind of, uh, fucks it up for the rest of us, for, for the rest of people. And, you know, he's the one who seems to be the most selfish. There's a lot of selfish people here. You know, at first Gong Yu is really selfish. You know, he's not really thinking about everybody else. He's kind of thinking about, you know, himself and his child which of course like i understand any any parent would would pretty much come on here and be like of course you're going to think about your child but you know you're kind of in a group setting there's no way that you can't not just think about everybody else especially a pregnant woman especially an older woman you know that's like that's some of the most important stuff right there uh what do you think about the whole like you know selfishness of these characters and you think like that revealed a lot about these characters at the time like a lot of things were supposed to go around the selfishness and haven't you ever thought if you are in a zombie apocalypse would you save somebody else like it just it points out the obvious you know like you have to save yourself first and maybe you'll save your parents maybe you'll save your sister maybe you'll you'll save somebody else along the way and yeah of course when you see it in a movie you're like "Eh, asshole but stop for a minute and if you thought about the two minutes if you would make it through the tunnel think about it would you make it at the beginning of a zombie outbreak hell no <laughs> so that's why you have to be selfish sometimes so i mean of course if you're watching the movie you're angry but if you start thinking you have to be kind of selfish sometimes yeah. So I'm not bothered by how selfish everybody is at the beginning because then they kind of like knock it off. But once they they get you know the whole idea, if we don't help each other, we won't make it. But I guess that's part of you know human nature. At the beginning, of course you're gonna be scared. Of course you're gonna do basic instincts, you know. And I'm not bothered by it. I I think that's what makes them all change you know they had to, they had to go through that for it to work yeah yeah um i guess that's just the game of survival right you know that's that's like a lot what a lot of these movies kind of base around is survival you know how we're gonna you know kind of fit into like what what's the present situation is so that we can get out like at first you know fists were doing pretty well right you know they were doing well punching the shit out of these damn zombies but like what happened we kind of have to adapt we got like right gear on Gong Yu's character. Um, Madong Sang kind of got like some stuff like wrapped around his like arms to kind of like, you know, once again, guys built like a fucking superhero, looks like a superhero. I'm telling you, he is a superhero. Uh, and then, of course, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember his name, but Kevin from Parasite. Um, you know, what's it called? Um, also kind of got armored up with his bat and everything. You know, you kind of have to like adapt to the situation. And, you know, if you want to make it out alive, you're going to have to evolve and survive as much as you can. It's very but, uh, interesting also how, you know, a lot of zombie movies incorporate either, you know, 
form of police, um, a sword, but you usually have guns or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't have anything like that. They only had, what, baseball bat top, you know, tops. That's all they had. They punched the shit out of zombies. Like, what the heck? (laughs) How was that even going to work? But it kind of worked, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I loved every moment that Madame Sek just grabs one and just goes like, like, snaps his neck's like, he's already dead, dude. What, what, what the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> what are like, you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Like, that's not obviously going to work the way that you think it's going to work. <laughs> uh, he even went down, like, s- such an amazing way to go. He carried oh, a yeah. fucking zombie to push more zombies as he was a zombie. It was just, what? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was just got to keep adapting, right? And like, even at the end, like, they were just pretty much just, just punching. They're like, you know, I don't have weapons. And it's true. Like, a lot of these movies, like, zombie movies, like, you usually have, like, an army already. Right? Like, the recent one that I watched, Army of the Dead. I'm remembering Army of the Dead. Like, everybody's kind of strapped. Everybody's got guns. Everybody's, like, you know, pretty much got some sort of ammunition. And, like, I think that's what makes movies like this one a little bit more special. It's, like, you know, this is like what happens if you're not actually like trained for this shit. And like what happens if it happens like at the worst possible scenario that you didn't even expect it to. Um Yeah, have you seen the meme where it says like quickly the first thing I have to write is your weapon to fight off zombies? Like what would you fight with? And I've read comments like a pillow or stuff like that, and I feel like it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like the last thing you what's it called? You you use the what's it called is the one that yeah, or like the thing that's closest to you is your is your what's it called uh is your zombie what's apocalypse. Yeah. 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 I feel like it was I'm... something like that. Like a water bottle. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I have. So, yeah. You know, they they were creative with with the way i thought that was also pretty cool like yeah. where would you get a gun it's illegal yeah. in korea where would you get a gun yeah exactly and, and, I'm, and i'm telling you like, that's just kind of what makes it a little bit more special right because like oh we're kind of like subverting the whole idea of like you know the the the, the western way of the zombie movies you know uh-huh. yeah and making it be like oh this isn't some walking dead shit man this is like some you know hey i was gonna go to this city today and somehow a zombie apocalypse just broke oh, out come on i was getting my groceries what the heck <laughs> yeah you know just like that yeah can't, can't a businesswoman buy their groceries you know <laughs> or something like that yep yep um i do always just kind of think about like you know whether the mom lived i don't think she ended up living right like i think she ended up like i definitely didn't believe it i yeah i don't think she made it yeah. i mean the granny was supposed to be like at her apartment. How'd she even yeah. get infected? You know. Yeah, no. Granny and mom didn't make it. You know. That, I mean, I, I'm guessing like to the end. The ending kind of read off to me like, oh, she's gonna live with this lady, and they're gonna, she's gonna, you know, be the mother figure for her, and she's, you know, yeah. There's there's gonna be the chance of like, you know, becoming a, another family. Like another family is formed, but like, you know, they're still gonna what's it called? Uh, think about the people who you know they lost along the way but you know they have their chance to like make things right now you know and have um you know the daughter's gonna have to you know may have a new mother and um and then she that lady's gonna have her child so um yeah by the way that ending always gets me uh just you know you're thinking like they're gonna shoot her they're gonna shoot her they're gonna shoot her and now she stinks she sings that fucking song man and it like always gets you kind of like a little bit emotional and choked up and um yeah, she ends up not getting shot. Thank God, because I really couldn't take another death on that screen because there was just so many in me. Like, I was like, you know, cool, businessman got killed. I don't really give a shit. You know, what's it called? The the dad dies. It's like, oh, crap, please don't let this little girl die or this pregnant woman die. Like, that just would be just too much at this point. I do love the little close-up at the end where she's, you, mm-hmm. you know, she's sobbing, but she's sobbing at the floor. And then just as she finishes her song, she just, like, cleans up all of it and she's just like yeah. i'm done <laughs> i'm like, done save me save me yeah but um yeah I'm, I'm telling you you know i'm i'm not really surprised that this movie you know it made the numbers it made at the time because i think that you know this kind of like does revolutionize the zombie genre at the time it's like this is something that you know to me like watching a, a small amount of zombie films i i had never seen anything like this 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 at the time it did and, uh, of course, just in the grand scheme of, like, Korean cinema in general, you know, which is kind of made up by mostly, you know, 
you know, Bong Joon-ho's films, you know, Park Chan-wook's films, Kim Ki-duk's films, and just all these movies. And then you have like stuff like this, where it was like, oh, this was like a fresh a breath of fresh air. Like this is kind of that innovative part of Korean cinema that we didn't see much of at the time. And uh, I think that, you know, like I said, I haven't watched Peninsula. Um, I don't know. Have you watched Boy, Peninsula? I have. What did you I think have. about it? Um, oh, God. <laughs> you know, I'm no expert in movies. I just, you know, if I like the story, I think the movie is great. I don't care about the soundtrack or the sounds or the visuals yeah. or whatever. But I didn't like the story. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... I kind of already said what I thought about it. <laughs> I just, oh God, I, I don't know. Maybe I expected a lot out of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't so you definitely don't recommend me to watch it. I, I like. I mean, you have to. <laughs> you have. There was just like a lot of rave about it, and I, I feel maybe it, maybe it was that you know, it was like so hyped up, yeah. and I thought it would be just you know like. Like something similar to this, something it would make me feel yeah. good. I don't know. I don't. Everything's so dark and so horrible, and I just mm, it has a, <laughs> it has pretty good scenes. Uh, a couple, yeah. a couple, yeah. but mm, I could give you more movie recommendations over that one. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, um, do you have anything else left to say that you want to say, or do you want to go? Can we go ahead and uh? Move on to our uh, hot seat, and we get to send you off here. I do have a bit of hate towards Train to Busan, just a little bit. Why? Because it reminds me of my hate towards one of the worst adaptations of a zombie book ever, which is World War Z. So, <laughs> you remember in World War Z, that the movie sucks. It's, it sucks. It's one of the worst zombie movies. Anyways, do you remember that I think it takes like 11 seconds or something like that to transform into a zombie? I don't. I, don't rem- I do not remember much of World War Z at all. Don't. Anyways, that's you know that's practically all I need you to remember. So here in Train to Busan, um, the first woman that rides the train who is infected, she actually takes a few minutes before she you know transforms, and then she bites one of the crew members. She changes in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And then we have a few other characters that change in seconds and a few other that can still punch zombies before they change. <laughs> so, you know, of course I love some of them characters, but what happened there? If we're going to set up rules, can we please play by the rules? <laughs> yeah, like what what are we playing at? Yeah. What, could we? Could you at least tell me? You know, like, oh, he's a heavier man, and she's, you know, like yeah. a smaller woman. That's why it took less. Okay, fine, I'll take it. But nobody explains that, and it actually angers me. I, I, I just, yeah. I, I need answers. That always like kind of surprised me too, because there's like points, like of course that first lady, right? She came in and she's like, you know, kind of like tweaking and shit, and you know, it's like then she takes a while to 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 what's it called to change but fucking madong's sex character over here just like able to keep going and he's like changing but he's still not going yet and it's like you know like like you said if we're going to introduce rules can we please play by them <laughs> like don't forget the rules <laughs> like that's a sad part but why is he taking so long <laughs> yeah. why are you zombie by now <laughs> but um yeah um Let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, let's go. We're we're done. We we thank you all so much for the conversation. Thank you, Joanka, for being here. Uh, the the conversation was great. I had a wonderful time. Uh, but we cannot let you leave yet. We want to mm-hmm. go ahead and see what we're going to be discussing when you come back for season three. Um, Joanka, what do you want to choose for now to be your movie to return for season three of the Cinema Condition? So there's this movie I've been meaning to watch. I don't know if it's good. I'll watch it. I promise. I have two actually in mind. Um, one is a movie from Spain and another one is Korean. So the first, the movie from Spain, it's completely different to zombies or whatever. So that's kind of like not why I'm not going to mention it. But if anybody wants to see it, it's called Durante la Tormenta. No idea how it is in English, but just look it up like that. Um, and the other one is Korean. We actually have uh, Wusik Choi in mm-hmm. it. So maybe we might obsess over him. Um, 
it's called the which part one the subversion something like that um apparently there's gonna be a part two don't know when but allegedly the cast is out and whatever so that's the movie i'm gonna choose the witch the witch the witch part one the subversion something like that the witch part one the subversion all right, I will go ahead and write that down. Uh, Yolanka, at the time, right now, is choosing The Witch Part 1, The Subversion. That is a interesting title that to is. say. Yeah, The the Witch Part 1, The Subversion. All right, yeah. yeah. I swear it's called that way. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I mean, I could show you. <laughs> it's called that way, I swear. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I believe you. I just, like... <laughs> The witch part one, the subversion. So, um, I no, no, I, I, I 100% believe you. I'm just, what's it called? Uh, thinking about how long of a, well, not how long of the a title that is, but just how confusing that is with the uh, of a title. But, um, hey, no if joke, it's got, that's why I want to watch it because it's a confusing ass title. It's a confusing ass title. <laughs> I was like, part one, how sure, how, so soon you're sure you need a part one, a part two. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, of course, I want to thank you so much for coming on. How did you like your time here on The Cinema Condition? It was fun. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You know, you can always come back on anything. You know, for this one, you pretty much got to wait until you come back. Well, you know, the door is always open for you to come on a live show, and it's a lot of fun when we do all that stuff on there, right? <laughs> yeah. At least I hope so, right? I hope it's fun. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Which part one is on? Is on Netflix. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I thought this was like some shit. I thought this was shit that like you need to actually like find really hard because there's no, no other way. No, bro. I, I'm actually like super basic. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's it called? Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You want to let them know where they can find you on the internet and stuff like that? Um, literally anywhere that says zombies attack us. You know, like that. Yeah. That'll be me. Yeah, zombies attack us. You know, what's it called? Uh, you're pretty much just gonna get a bunch of like you know memes and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. It's always it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to to look at what uh, what <laughs> fucking Yolanka posts on on her social media because it's always fucking stupid as shit. Yeah, I, like, but but I, it's um yeah. Don't be my patient. I'm 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 really stupid. Yeah, seven years won't change that. I I I love your stupid stuff that you post on the internet. It makes me laugh a lot, and uh, you know I wouldn't want it any other way. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine for me too. Yeah. And as always, you can find me at the Nerdy Chicano on both Instagram and Twitter, and on Twitch.tv slash the Nerdy Chicano. As always, you know I'm on YouTube, and I do a lot of cool stuff on YouTube. But I don't have my custom URL at the moment. So you can go and search up my name, my full name, Raul Alejandro Mendoza, on on um, on YouTube. And you'll find my channel and you're going to subscribe. And you're going to get me to 100 subscribers so that way I can get my custom URL. So if you're not subscribed, you want to go and subscribe because it would be great for me to be able to say anywhere and everywhere on the Nerd Chicano. Because then I don't have to make the ad this long. You know you don't want the ad to be this long anymore. Please, go subscribe. It would mean a lot. Um, on Mondays, I do an episode of a show called Between the Frames. We talk about a movie, and we pretty much just bring up a movie that we that I want to talk about. Right now, I'm kind of making my way through the Essential Fellini box set from Criterion Collection, where I discuss the essential movies from the Italian director, Federico Fellini. And then on Wednesdays, I have my episode of The Nerd Chicano Live, but at the moment, things are changing, and I will be uh, announcing new days and times that we do do those shows. But at the moment, you know, you can go and find those shows on my YouTube channel and just go watch them, and you can have a good time and listen to me discuss about movies you probably didn't even want to watch, but you can hear me talk about them because, you know, you want to support the, support the boy in his content. Um, and of course, I'm always on the Nerdcore, the Nerdcore live show, and a lot of other stuff that I do on twitch.tv slash nerdcore and, uh, and on youtube.com slash nerdcore. All that stuff. I do too much things these days, and I really need to find a way to just, you know, chill out because it's just too much. But as always, I thank you all so much for listening to the episode. I thank my guests for coming on. And as always, I don't really have an outro for this show. 
and I don't really say anything like, you know, funny or anything. I just hope you have a good time. I love you all. Watch a movie. And, um, yeah, watch a fucking movie, guys. <laughs>